We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lefty is on CFB Nation, presented by Twisted T. If Jordan we'll, Travis is still playing, Florida State would be in. It's that simple. We'll we'll get to that. I got some harsh comments about because that Stephen A. looks so ridiculous this morning on first take. I was like, shut up. First of all, your producers are failing you because see when you have people like that, Stephen A. really don't follow college football. He don't. Like he that. don't talk college football. So he, he depends. Football. He depends on his production staff. Yeah to feed him information to fuel a tape. But Stephen A don't don't try to come across like he he, and he doesn't football. But he Just, got really bad information. Because the tape, the, I understand the tape, but you have better things you can say to support the tape. Right. They failed him this morning. I, I matter of fact, early entry and punch an early ticket on the petty train. Because his producers failed him this morning. <laughs> his stats guys, they they, they they did a terrible job because he sounded awful. To end his his comments saying Florida State would have got in if Deion Sanders was the coach. It's like, dude, shut uh, up. okay. You, like, you playing. Yeah, you shut, shut, shut up. See that. See. Uh, see. That's that, now you just killed your entire Yeah, because you, you tying into a four and eight coach. But also you know, I really think the committee wanted this because they didn't want to really talk about the elephant in the room, which is how they did Georgia so wrong. You telling me right now that there's four better teams than Georgia? Mm. Or Georgia doesn't deserve to be at least... I mean, I get it. You lose one game by three points in three years and you automatically drop five spots Dude. out? That's Georgia, crazy. It, That's look, Georgia played... I watched. I pretty much watched every Georgia game. Georgia played. That was it. A C game. Yeah. The 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 little reverse back with the reverse. Stupid call. Um, that's three points. The false start moves them five yards back. They missed the field goal. That's six points. Right. <laughs> Georgia was playing two freshmen. Kirby Smart talked about this. Georgia lost their two veteran linebackers. They were playing two freshman linebackers, which I understand why Alabama smartly said, we're going to attack these freshman linebackers. We're going to run the ball. Yeah, easily. We're going to run duo all day. All day. You just get to help out because we cannot let Jalen throw the ball 30 times. 
No. We cannot do that. Are we going to lose? Are we going to lose? And they didn't turn the ball over, and they leaned on their defense. Nick Saban, Bill Belichick type. Look, yeah. just don't make mistakes. Play good defense, good special teams, run the ball. We'll have a chance to win. That's exactly what Alabama did. If Alabama and Georgia played a three-game series, Georgia would win. Georgia would probably win two of the three. But yeah. Alabama only had to win. Only had to win game one. But it's on like, come on, yeah, they only had to win one. And for them to to win that game, obviously the optics. You beat the number one King of the Hill team. You're gonna just get a big boost regardless. Plus, it's the Bama Invitational every year. And all you need is to get an excuse to get Bama in there. And they got the biggest excuse. And the only way they could have got in was to beat Georgia. So, mm-hmm. you know, we knew that I did I knew that Bama was gonna get in there beating Georgia regardless, just because of the business of college football. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Now, sticking to that same business of college football. Hey, wait, let me just stop this. Let me stop this. Because, see, stop the low-hanging fruit that people – stop saying Georgia's schedule is soft. Because just a month ago – Y'all saying people is in this chat like, oh, now Georgia's going to get tested when they had to face Missouri and Ole Miss, two top offenses in the SEC, and they crushed them. I know. So that's stop a- that. People oh. change these narratives. Dude. Georgia played the same schedule Alabama did. So if yeah. their schedule was soft, Bama's schedule was soft. 
Straight up. They literally played this. Dude, you don't, I don't respect LSU. I respect Jaden Daniels. Yeah. I don't respect LSU like that. I don't. Now, if you want to ride with, okay, Florida State's best win was against LSU. And LSU was like the fourth best team in the SEC. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's the fourth I can best rock team. with that. If that's your reasoning for why Bama needs to be in, I can rock with that. I'm like, yo, that's valid. Their two biggest wins, Louisville. Dude, I told you who Louisville was. It just took a real physical team. Louisville had minus 23 yards in the fourth quarter, bro. <laughs> My, Jack Plummer and Jeff Brum and all those transfers had minus 23 yards in the fourth quarter. Minus 23. And, and people aren't just being realistic. If Georgia went against Washington or Michigan, it's a blowout. Damn it. Well, I don't know about Washington, but it's a blowout. Man, you saw, you saw Michigan's excitement for playing Bama on live TV. Like, you can't fake the reaction. It wasn't no auto tune, no soundboard. It was the authentic sound from the room, and the air leave the room when they said Alabama because they Back. know they was hoping Back. and praying and 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 and, and calling on shrines to not get any SEC team. In the in the final four, mm-hmm. they vying for Florida State harder than Florida State. Right, they vying for Texas harder than anybody because they know for sure if they get Alabama, which they have, or they got Georgia, which they should have gotten, it would have been another Alabama. Oh, we can do this. Is real simple. This is real simple. This is I tweeted this out two weeks ago. I said we'll get to see. If the college football playoff committee actually has guts, yeah, have the guts. Put the teams that you know. Because the right thing to do, put Georgia, Alabama, would have would have taken guts. Oh yeah, it takes guts. Don't take the easy path. The cop out of the Florida State. Have some some kahunas. Yeah, to tell the SEC, either y'all don't deserve nobody in here. Yeah, or make a tough decision. Like, dude, uh, dude, this is, see, people, low-hanging fruit with Georgia. Oh, Georgia looked like this against Georgia Tech on the same night. Alabama almost lost to Auburn, who had just got smacked by New Mexico State the week before, dog. What are we talking about? I'm, dude, Alabama is a Jekyll and Hyde. They almost lost to South Florida, bro. South Florida. Hold on, put put Ryan Loftus' comment up there. That's, That's what people want. A new flavor. That's all. See, this is the problem. That's See, this yeah, is the that's problem. problem. See, left, left. I'm not, I'm, like not that. I'm not arrogant enough to think what I want to see matters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if that's the case, dude. I'm about to watch Notre Dame during the day on December 29th in the Sun Bowl. In the Sun Bowl against Oregon State with a third string quarterback. It's about to be a snooze fest, dude. Unwatchable TV. It's about to be a snooze fest. With our third string, what? fourth string guy. I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm, I'm watching. Gonna, I'm going to be half watching. Half I don't want to hear that snooze fest. Y'all want to talk snooze fest? Michigan has been a snooze fest the last two years yeah. in the playoffs. They've lost six second in bowl games. Lucky it wasn't Georgia because it'd be, it's gonna yes. be a snooze fest against Bama. It would have been a snooze fest again if Michigan had faced Georgia. J.J. McCarthy against Bama's defense. Because they're like, not equipped. Michigan is not equipped. To beat Georgia, or Ohio State. Alabama. Ohio State is more equipped 
to be a George. Washington is equipped to be a George. Washington is equipped. Alabama Texas is, is equipped. Texas is equipped to be the Georgia because they all college football had to say in a three sentence paragraph release statement. We put the best two offenses and oh, no, the let best me, two let me, defenses let me stop. Let me, in college football. Look, look, man. Come on, bro. Sam. This is why it's lame. Because everybody's like, we don't want to watch TCU versus Georgia. TCU beat Michigan. What are y'all talking about? Just yeah. admit that Georgia was the better team for two years. It's Just still admit good. that. It's still the better team. They were the elite team and better than everybody else for two years. It's okay to say that. It's still it has nothing to do with TCU. If Michigan had shown up that day, they were going to bang Michigan. It wouldn't have made a difference. How is this different? There was no difference. How is this different when Georgia lost last time against Bama in the, in the championship game? They still went to the playoffs. They went to the playoffs. J.J. McCarthy was trash last year. Trash in the playoffs. Y'all want to clap because Michigan came back against TCU when they were getting blown out? That's not a good game. Everybody was like, Michigan is going to roll over them. J.J. McCarthy, we just going to do play Michigan football. We're just going to do what we do. We're going to be physical. They ain't seen nothing like us. All this stuff J.J. McCarthy was talking, and they sent his tail home. Yeah, because Michigan's not Michigan made it close at the end. Michigan made it close, and TCU ended up feeling the deal. For two-thirds of that game, Michigan was getting their butt kicked. And and three-fourths of the game versus Bama, Michigan's going to be getting their butt kicked. Georgia beat him so bad Ooh. two years before that. I didn't. I stopped watching that halftime. Do we need to go down the list? Oklahoma against Alabama. Oh, that was supposed to be a close game. Oh, Kyler Murray God. got Kyler his Murray butt looked kicked. like a little kid. Alabama Clemson in the national championship game. Two and there was a snooze fest. Clemson beat the hell out of Alabama. Like, I don't care. Just because you put certain teams in, that does not lock up the fact you're gonna end up with great games. No, definitely not. One or two turnovers by Texas or Washington, and it can turn into a blowout real fast because of the offenses. We're not guaranteed two great games. The college football playoff have been blowouts in the semifinals. They have existed. We've seen blowouts in the final game. So don't just put TCU up there. Oh, we don't want to see TCU Georgia. You well, see you a Michigan have. That's Alabama on Michigan. That's just as bad. It's a it's a lame excuse. And who am I? So because you as a consumer don't want to see a TCU Georgia game, your feelings negate all the blood, sweat, and tears that Florida State players put forth this year. Man, that's an arrogant mindset. I don't want to watch that. You ain't put in the work. Who are you? And if you're a football fan, if you're a football fan, you're gonna watch the college football championship game. What are we talking about? In fairness, though, and you're gonna watch both of the semifinals. Like, dude, we're as I said before, we're about to watch the Sun Bowl. We're about to watch the Sun Bowl. Yeah, but one o'clock on December 29th, and the game is gonna be a snooze fest. But that's because it's early TV, you know. Ain't, ain't nothing, ain't nothing good come on that early. So we're gonna be watching Notre Dame for sure. There is no, 
This see, this is a, this is why I said last week. This is the perfect season for the twelve team playoff. It really should have happened this year. Yeah, or a test for half the teams. I don't have a problem with the committee putting Alabama in. Don't give me bull BS, though, for the reason. Don't talk to me about TCU. That's a lame reason. Because the fans don't matter. We don't matter. Fans are going to watch regardless. The ads for that that day on Jack, the ads have been sold for months. The four teams are not about to dictate how much you can sell ads for for the championship game and the semifinals. Those have been paid. The commercials are ready to go. I know how media works. Those ads were sold a year in advance, left. The committee has their money. ESPN and ABC, they have their money already. So this isn't a business decision that's going to determine how much money ESPN is going to make, how much money ABC is going to make. It has nothing to do with that. And if you're allowing fans to dictate the game they want to see to determine whether or not a team that's put in the work should be in the playoffs, that's lame. That's lame. It's lame. I don't want to see Florida State without their quarterback. That's lame. Florida State struggled in two games offensively without their quarterback. Right? Alabama struggled in three games offensively at full strength. Now what? Now what? They struggled against an FCS team at full strength. They struggled against USF at full strength. And they struggled against Auburn at full strength. So now what? What works? Alabama struggling at full strength with their quarterback? Or Florida State struggling? And we know the reason they're struggling. Their quarterback is out. Ah. I can point to it and say that's why they're struggling. Alabama, you guys stunk it up with Jalen Milrow. What's that? That's, dude, I, I have no problem with Bama being in. But you have more cohesive and better arguments than I don't want to see TCU. Because if one of their criteria is, like you said, left, the number one guy is hurt or your starting quarterback is hurt, it's part of the criteria. You can be upset. Florida State, I felt bad for those kids, man. They that It goes down. Bama jumps up on the screen. And you see the players just walking out. And you see the coach is looking at his players walking out. Like, what does he say? Well, you recruited a bad backup quarterback. <laughs> Committee basically blamed this all on a bad backup. But how? But you can't stack quarterbacks like that anymore with the transfer portal left. You can't. Alabama was able to do it, but who's Alabama's backup quarterbacks now left? Alabama beat the number one team in the world. 
They did, but who's their backup quarterback? It's not like he's a stud waiting in the wings. Who's the best backup quarterback in the nation? Nuss Meyer from LSU? Maybe? It's, it's just one of these things, man. No, I think Texas had an argument. The only locks were Washington and Michigan, right? Texas had best, an argument. The two that had the argument were the two best arguments. Texas Bama had an argument. the best team in the world. Georgia and had an argument. Alabama had an argument. Florida State had an argument. I mean, dude, I wouldn't have been mad with any combination. I wouldn't have. I just wouldn't have been mad with any combination left. But just don't give me bull crap reasons. Because we're all too smart for that, dude. It's That's not why a bull crap shows... reason. They just got to be honest. We picked the two best offenses versus the two best defenses That's that it. we thought was out there. That's it. That's it. Just keep it funky. And let me give you something else. Jim Phillips does not have as enough power as Mr. Sankey in the SEC. And all the turmoil that was happening preseason with the ACC, Florida State wanting to leave. Clemson wanting to leave. You don't have no power in that college football playoff committee room. You don't. That's just the truth of the matter. You don't. And it came back to bite the ACC. And then the ACC, this is how it affects Notre Dame. The ACC gets mad that Florida State doesn't make it in. And then they punish Notre Dame by telling all of the ACC linked bowls, man, get our, get our teams in, our teams that are actually in the conference. And Notre Dame ends up in the Sun Bowl. This is how all the dominoes fell. And how all the other bowls, Brian Driscoll, I believe, reported on the message board that he heard from multiple uh, committee chairs that he spoke to that came to see Notre Dame at the end of the season that said they wanted Notre Dame. But they were never given the option to take Notre Dame by the ACC because the ACC was mad that Florida State didn't get in. This man, look, it's all business, people. It's all business. All of this stuff, all these reasons that the committee gives, and all, it's bull crap. It's business. The committee didn't have the guts to tell the SEC, Florida State's in, Georgia and Alabama is out. They didn't have the guts. Period. You know why? Because that's big business. That's a lot of business loss if the SEC doesn't get into the final four. It is what it is. It's business. And the business aspect of it, it ended up impacting Notre Dame as far as their bowl selection. It stinks, but that's the way it is, love. It stinks. Wide receiver Chris Mitchell, Florida International, jumped into the transfer portal. And he was in South Bend this weekend and left can give us all we need to know about this young man. Very productive at Florida International. Left, you called his games. You saw him up close and personal, talk to his coaches. Just look at his film and let us know what you think about Chris Mitchell, who might end up joining Notre Dame.
Yeah, what I loved about Chris Mitchell when I called his game versus Sam Houston was just the fact that he was a productive receiver and he caught the ball in tight spaces. So if he's able to get enough touches, he can able, he, he's able to make the quarterback's life a lot easier from yards after catch. And, and the, one of the better parts that I saw about his game was that when the game was on the line and they needed a play, he was open. And to be open when you need a play in the clutch is great traits to have as a receiver. And, and, and being open in tight, in tight moments in the game is in, in making great catches in tight moments is what I got to see against uh, Sam Houston State. I was just super impressed at his ability to just stay consistent throughout the game and be a threat all game, not be somebody we, we bring in to run a post. You know, this is a, a, a every down type of receiver, not a receiver that specializes in one or two routes. And I think that he'll be complimented well uh, as a as a one B to a, a one receiver that has a little bit more attention going his way. But if we're able to keep him in a Scotty position, Scotty uh, Pippen type of position to a a bigger name uh, number one receiver, I think we have something uh, real special in South Bend in that receiver room. Left, uh, the young man, like you said, is not a one trick pony. Very productive. Uh, played with multiple quarterbacks this year. And not only that, the contested catches. The, be right. the ability to take the top off the defense. Uh, the one-handed catches. Just a really polished veteran wide receiver that will be a nice addition to the room, the wide receiver room at Notre Dame. And he put out a tweet with an emoji that made it seem like he really was pondering something which makes you think, you know, is he ready to go ahead and make the move? And I'm sure Notre Dame shared the quarterback uh, situation and what was going to happen with the young man on his visit. So, once again, Chris Mitchell, wide receiver from Florida International University. Um, left, you said this to me on the phone this weekend. Like, dude, we need some dudes. We need to do. At this point, we can't be dependent on freshmen all the time. We need some guys that can come in that we know that can produce from day one. And like you said, Chris Mitchell could be a start to that. Yeah, as a guy that's dealt with, with quarterbacks, different quarterbacks all season, and to be able to come in and provide a, a relief factor or, or a trustable a guy on the outside to throw to, I think will help either of the quarterbacks we have starting this year coming up. But, you know, that – that chemistry has to be implemented in the next phase of things. If Chris Mitchell comes, it's just an opportunity for him to be on a bigger stage. But his his benefit only comes in when we have our quarterback situation figured out. But as a compliment to a quarterback that we believe in, I think we can definitely have a lot more production out of that room. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, 
or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Matt Racky, you know, your comment is, man, it's a really good comment. Glad this year wasn't a 12-team playoff. Would have been a really bad look for us not to make that. However, you would have been locked in as a fan because there was still an outside shot. Notre Dame was right there, 16, 17. So you're, like, you're pulling for teams in front of you to lose. Hopefully Notre Dame sneaks in the back door despite the disappointment. That's why they made the transition because now you'll have teams from 20 on down thinking they still have a shot and the fans will be locked in. You know, that makes the TV revenue go up. That makes the TV viewership go up. The business of football, they know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. It would have been a, a financial windfall if there was a 12-team playoff this year, especially the way it played out. Because I think Liberty would have been the, the only non-five power team uh, as the 12 seed. But, dude, I think... Liberty versus Oregon is a good game, though. Say it again? That Liberty versus Oregon would be a good game, though. Well, I don't think I don't think Nick's plays, personally. If he finds mm. out he's a top a first-round pick, I don't think Nick's plays in that game. I mean, he should play. He played all the other damn game. So, this would have been the matchups, left. Uh, Michigan would have been slated to win to play the winner of Oregon versus Missouri. That had the chance to be a good game. It also has a chance to be a blowout in the favor of Oregon. Alabama would have been waiting for Florida State or Liberty. Florida State would have beaten Liberty. I think they would have beaten Liberty. That's my opinion. I think the Florida State defense is the last two games, the Florida State defense, Jared Verse became a top five pick. He was a he was already a top five pick in my opinion. The way he was abusing that, that uh, left tackle from Louisville in the fourth quarter and, and Braden Fisk, they literally just took the game over left. Just took it over. And they made the world, they made it apparent to the world who Jack Plummer really was as a quarterback. That's that's how you make him look. That's who he is. Washington would have been slated to face the winner of Ohio State-Penn State. We already saw that game. That's a snooze fest, left. That's a snooze fest. We, I already saw that game. I don't want to see Ohio State-Penn State again. Florida State Liberty might be a snooze fest. Georgia Ole Miss. I saw that game. Georgia smacked Ole Miss. They would have smacked them again. It would have been a snooze fest. That's like three snooze fests in the first round. So we keep talking about what we don't want to see. I wouldn't want to see Georgia Ole Miss again. I wouldn't want to see Ohio State, Penn State again. And I wouldn't want to see Florida State live. Yeah, I mean, there's a, those are the you know, first-round games. But, hell, it's, the, it's about the gauntlet. Not about, let's say, the first game is the next two after Wait, that. wait, 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 wait. You can't say it's about the gauntlet and then dismiss Florida State. You can't do that. What we talking about two different scenarios. No, no, my point is you can't say it's about the gauntlet. Like the first round is of the snooze fest. But then 
earlier you were like, yeah, we got to agree. Nobody really wants to watch Florida State without the starting quarterback. You can, I don't want, I just gave you three games I don't want to watch. If it was a 12-team playoff, I don't, those are boring games. We saw that already. Smack. We saw that one already. Okay, Smack. but that's, okay, so would you want to watch another Bama-Texas? Because that was a good game. It just, I think it would be see, better. But see, that's my point. The games I said I didn't want to watch, one of the teams got smacked already. So you saying the old Miss? Want, old Miss got smacked by Georgia. I don't. I know how that's gonna turn out. That's, no, you that's said, not changing. So you saying playing the same team twice? You saying the outcome would be the same? Dude, did Washington win by the same amount of points against Oregon? No, I'm saying a smack. Georgia would smack Ole Miss. You know that. Left. Stop playing. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm just speaking. Georgia was one of the best teams. No, I'm saying. I'm, sp- I'm just speaking for rematches. Rematch wise. They would smack Ole Miss. Okay. All, of, all, all Miss. the ones would be smacked? Because Georgia, I think Georgia should be in the playoffs, but. I agree. That's why I say they would smack Ole Miss in the first round. They would smack them. That's just my opinion. Ohio State would smack Penn State worse, in oh, my yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ohio State smacks Penn State. That's what I'm saying. So either way, whether it's four teams, 12 teams, you're going to get snooze fest initially. Yes, because dude, that's you can't. I don't care who you put in. The players determine how the games go. That's why it makes no sense to allow fans to decide what teams they want to watch and don't want to watch. It makes no sense. I remember the Chris. Chris, what was that? The two because no, uh, Florida State went undefeated. With that squad that beat Michael Vick, was that 2001 left? Yeah, 2001, right? Um, uh, they went to the national championship game, the BCS championship game against Tennessee the previous year. Without Chris Winky, got hurt like the second to last game of the year, and I think Clint Trickett. Who is the Clint Trickett ended up being the quarterback for them in the BCS championship game? He's the offensive coordinator for Marshall now. I believe if he's still there. Uh, I think so. And they lost to they lost to T Martin in Tennessee by like six points. It was a game. Florida State didn't have their quarterback, but it was a game. They had multiple opportunities, if I'm not mistaken to win the game late we know why they ended up eventually losing which is why chris winky came back and they eventually won the championship the next year but man it is man it's crazy it's one of those things man it's just one of those things i i think the committee was under a lot of pressure yeah peter ward did have one catch in that game that's why peter ward came back they came back to finish it because they felt like, yo, if we were healthy, we would have won their game. And they played one of the classic Florida State-Miami games at the end of that next season. And Peter Ward, if I'm not mistaken, Peter Ward was suspended for, like, the Dillard's uh, discount thing, like shopping and getting discounts on polo uh, shirts. And things of that nature, and he was suspended for two games. 
And they had to beat Miami. They had to beat Miami without Peter Ward. And then went on to beat Michael Vick and Virginia Tech in the championship game. So, you know, people are saying, like, Florida State, if they had gotten in, it wouldn't have been a game. We don't know that. They might not have won. All I know is that Michigan is going to get blown out. Other than that. Because Florida State would have faced Michigan, right? Yes. I think that would have been a better game to be more two equal teams. I just don't think Michigan's equal to what Bama, from a stylistic standpoint. What is Michigan going to preach all week? Physicality, really? You're going to preach physicality? Uh, yeah. So what are you going to preach versus Bama in that aspect? Because yeah, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not believing in that. I that's think... that's not going to be good enough to beat Bama, bro. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So, no. I think it's just, I think that's exactly why when they showed the live reaction mm-hmm. of Michigan, they knew yeah. the gas that, <laughs> that they was, they met the bully. They thought they was a bully till they met the bully, and they know that they don't have a chance in hell when it comes to out physicality, uh, having being that more physical. Yeah, Alabama. So I don't know how Michigan plan on winning that one. As I'm saying, like people are like, "Oh, we guaranteed a better game with Alabama." Alabama could scrape Michigan. I mean, even who's tackling Jalen Milrow on Michigan's defense? Dude, Michigan has not seen an offensive line no, like that. No, that's all what, year. That's what I'm saying. So this is why they the haven't. Only, the only sense that it made was if you're gonna put one of them SEC teams in, put their counterpart in. It should be. It should just be straight up. It's the Bama Invitational. Bama beat the number one team, but the number one team is the only <laughs> counterpart to it. Yeah. So you take the two best defenses, Alabama and Georgia. Let's not act like that's changed over a year, yeah. and then put the two competitors offensively, Texas and Washington, and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I'm gonna be honest, that Washington Texas game. Woo! Two offensive dude. Two. Well, Michael Penix is the better quarterback. I'm just going yes, to say that. Yes, come on. Let's let's, let's be cool about that one. Mike, Michael Penix. A lot of people try. I heard a lot of experts on these networks trying. They really try to take credit away from Michael Penix, bro. Like when things go bad, oh Michael Penix. Things go good, oh Caleb DeBoer it was awesome. I'm like, see. They still taking my boy uh, Drake Mayo for Penix, which I don't know how, but they still pushing for that. Man. I'll say this, man. That's going to be, dude. And once again, the workhorse for Texas, the workhorse running back towards ACL. Dylan Johnson, once again, could be the difference for the Washington Huskies. And Texas. Your pass defense, it's not bad. It's improved. I believe it's ranked 47th in the nation. You haven't seen you haven't seen a wide receiver core in the Big 12 like this one, bro. You have not faced anybody like Rome Unduze, Unduze, Odunze. You, you just haven't. Jalen McMillan is healthy. Chris Polk is a dude. It ain't. Hey. I don't know what else to tell you. It's going to be a fabulous matchup, man, because I think Sark Sark was in his bag like crazy on Saturday, boy. It was almost like he was ready for Oklahoma State. He was like, oh, I got this. I got this. Like, 
No, once again, absolutely. I didn't say, and that's why I didn't you gotta have the best it's, offensive it's, minds versus the best defensive minds. That's the best yeah. way to do it. Yeah, I didn't say the Texas running backs aren't nice. They're not workhorses. They're not physical running backs. Blue is more of a physical running back than Baxter. Dylan Johnson is a physical workhorse. Physical workhorse. So we we're, right. we're gonna see, man. We're gonna see that 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 has a chance. But like I said, it could be an off night. Quint Ears can coach throw two picks, two picks against in this game, two two turnovers by either That's team. It, it, it. could turn into a blowout. The next thing you know, it's a snooze fest. Just because who's, two Wa- who's Washington going against? Texas. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, that's... that's what I'm, dude, you never know. This is my point. You just never know. You're not guaranteeing a good game because you pick certain teams. You're not. You're just not. You just never know what's going to happen, man. You don't. So to go to say that as the reason why you left Florida State out, that's, no, that's not good enough. And I'm not arrogant enough, me personally as a consumer, to feel like my feelings should negate what Florida State did on the field. I'm 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 not that arrogant as a college football fan. Because I'm going to watch either way because I'm a college football fan. That's the point. But you got an opinion though. You're gonna have your opinion on who you nah bro. I it do. My opinion would be. I, I would love to see Georgia play. That that's my opinion. I would love to see Georgia play. Unfortunately, they won't be playing. That's not changing the fact that I'm gonna watch all three games. I was doing that regardless. When you get people out here capping talking about I wouldn't watch a Florida State uh at Florida State. Man, stop. Yes, you would. Stop. Hey, well, stop. Yes, you would watch the Would game. it be better to say you don't think it'd be entertaining? That's fine. When we start using nobody wants to watch, stop. Stop. So we talked about Mike Brown as wide receiver coach. Film breakdown of Chris Mitchell, Florida International University wide receiver that visited Notre Dame. We talked about the CFB playoff committee, their decision to leave out Florida State, the matchups. What we think, man, snooze fest. Regardless, you're going to have snooze fest when it goes to 12. We've been getting snooze fest with four. It's just the nature of, of sports. There have been NBA finals I thought were going to be good that turned into snooze fest. I don't know. Playoff atmosphere changes. I don't know. I think it, teams will surprise you in that. It is what it is, man. Uh, let's see. Josh John Erickson says everyone knows everyone that's a well-known hater of Indy says we must join a conference. What more do you need to know? I mean, joining a conference wouldn't solve the systemic issues in the wide receiver room. Like that's two separate arguments. Uh, get to the bag. Iris still 63. 
What does love think about the FIU kid that visited this weekend? Just reiterate that, love. We did a film. Yeah, I definitely down. think Chris Mitchell will be a great compliment as a comfort blanket for a quarterback that's going to be inexperienced, regardless of who we bring in or who's there already. They're inexperienced. So to be able to get in a position where we can have a guy that is reliable, as in he plays consistently through the game, he's going to make, he's going to get open when you need situational football in that regards. Mm-hmm. For him to be open, he's going to make tough catches. He's not the biggest. So I do think he would be a great compliment to a, a one receiver, but one being that the chemistry between the quarterback and him has been there for a minute. I think Chris Mitchell can come in and make an impact, at least more of a production impact than what we had or have already. Mm-hmm. And so if we can stack this transfer up, potentially, hopefully, with another guy, I think we got a room that we can do a lot with, especially if he comes in early. We get it in the spring and in the summer, but it definitely comes down to who's going to be the, the the ball dispenser in this case. And we need to still be on that same schedule of figuring it out from within, then chasing outside guys to do it for a year. Ross Morrison, thank you for tapping in. I like to hire, but if we don't start throwing the wide receivers, they won't get and or keep wide receivers. And they didn't have a wide, have a receiver break 500 yards that has to change ASAP. Yo, can I, I'm going to let you ride. Um, if the quarterback had chosen to actually throw the ball to Tobias Merriweather when he was open, the kid averaged 20 yards. All he had to do was catch about 10 more balls, and he would have been over 500. That would have been an easy solve. Uh, go ahead, love. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, definitely it's a, it's a lot of hands that got to make it happen. And so for us, I do think that in order to make it happen, you need a, you need a chemistry between the receiver room and the quarterback room, which I think Mike Brown has to foster being a receiver coach because there wasn't a lot of trust in that room before. And we saw what trust in, in – no trust in talent does. It doesn't give you anything. So whoever's that quarterback throwing the football has got to get on, on the same page. And the court and the receivers got to make themselves more more of a threat. There's no threat in the room right now. Bringing Chris Mitchell will provide at least a, a rabbit to chase. Mm. I think we halfway solved it, having Sam Hartman being an answer, but not having a receiver to complement that answer. Losing offense coordinator, why he, reason he came, in my opinion, didn't work out, which affected it in the long run. I don't think he had the same relationship with Jared Parker like he did with Tommy, and and I think that matters as well. You said Tommy. Uh, you can dig into this. Did you see how Tommy ended the game against Georgia? Yeah. The backside pull quarterback run, uh, we've seen that before with Tyler Buckner. The fake pitch run up the middle, we've seen that. And when Tommy got to the clutch situation, he went to the same stuff he ran at Notre Dame. When he ran it at Notre Dame, everybody had a problem with Tommy. Right? Everybody had a problem with Tommy when he ran at Notre Dame. This is what I've learned, left. Sometimes people need time to get better at their craft left. People in the chat earlier were talking about, oh, Tommy was in his bag against Jalen Milrow was 13 for 23. 13 for 23. Urban and made I a guarantee great... you Tommy wasn't happy with that either. 
Bird made a great contested, contested catch for a touchdown. Bond made great plays running drag routes drag all out. game long. And the first touchdown Bama had was on the same wheel route that Notre Dame was running backs have been running for years under Tommy Reese. Tommy Reese didn't get to Bama and all of a sudden become more creative. He's no, literally no. running like 70% of the same stuff he ran at Notre Dame. What's the difference? Jalen Milrow is better than at any quarterback he's had. More Period. talented. More talented. Isaiah Bond is a playmaker. Burton, playmaker. Black dude. We're not, you can give Tommy credit, but we ain't about to sit up here like Tommy was running this, this whole batch of new plays. Go watch the game. Gary Danielson said duo about 50 times Saturday. Tommy ran duo at Notre Dame. That's all Gary Danielson kept saying. Oh, my God. Alabama's dominating this Georgia defensive line. They just keep running duo. Look what they're doing to the nose tackle. Look at this double team. Oh, they just keep running duo. He said it like 30 times. We've heard that on NBC the entire time Tommy Reese was at Notre Dame. This dude didn't get to Alabama and all of a sudden come up with a brand new playbook. He has better playmakers at quarterback and wide receiver. That's it. And it makes things easier to call. I've, they literally put the ball in their best player's hand. And look how smart you can look because you do that. Now, wait a minute. This was, this was great. Brock Bowers called the first, I think he called two passes in the first quarter, right, left? Georgia got down 10 points. On that last touchdown drive, who did Georgia go to? He, he, he was limping all over the field. It was like, we don't, dude, he's limping. He hasn't been productive. He hasn't done anything since the first quarter. What did the, uh, what did the offensive coordinator do? Did he call plays or did he say, we're going to 19 on this drive. He said we're going to 19 going on this 19. Drive. Whether he's limping or not, get the ball to 19. Y'all, we can talk scheme. We can talk playbooks, coaches, in the clutch. Tommy Reese gave the ball to his base player. George, on their last touchdown drive in the fourth quarter, went to their best player. That's what wins games in the clutch against good teams. Period. Period. That's it. That's it. That's all, man. So, yes, Tommy Reese is a much better play caller than he was during his time at Notre Dame. You know why? Because he went through the growing pain. Why shouldn't Jared Parker get the same opportunity? Why? If he stinks it up in year two, okay, then we might know what we have. Tommy Reese got two to three years to be suspect or mid as an OC. He got two to three years. And now it's not that he has a new scheme, a playbook. Now, left, and you know this is an OC and why it's important. It's not so much what you call, it's knowing when to call it 
and how to set it up. That's it. Tommy has a better understanding of how to get to the stuff that he likes than he did two to three years ago. But he's calling 70% of the same offense he called at Notre Dame. That's why experienced OCs matter in big games, because they know how to get to the stuff that they want to call. That was the biggest problem, in my opinion, with Jared Parker. Not that he was incapable of calling good plays. Heck, North Carolina State showed he could call good plays. He struggled trying to get to the stuff that he wanted to call. And that's, dude, that's why Sark is in his back. Sark knows how to set things up. He did it at Alabama. He did it at USC. He did it at Texas. Sark is good because he knows how to set things up. Caleb DeBoer is good because he knows how to set things up. Everybody has great plays in their playbook. Tommy's a genius because he said, we're going to run duo this week. Now, he did that last year. Georgia had two, they lost their two best linebackers and started two freshman linebackers. Duh. Any OC worth the, that grain of salt. Tommy ain't no genius. Your basic OC would have been like, we're attacking the freshmen in the run game to That's set right. everything else up. That's it, man. That's it. That's it. Tommy just went to a team that has a, a couple guys that are more impactful in those positions, and look how it's changed his offense. That's it, man. That's it. And so as we look forward to Notre Dame with Jared Parker, as disappointed as you might be with him, he deserves the same treatment Tommy Reese got at Notre Dame. Otherwise, go get somebody else that's experienced. But if you're going to have him there, give him two to three years to get better at his craft. Give him two to three years. That's it. There are plenty of times that Brian Kelly could have, with reason, good reason, he could have let go of Tommy Reese. But he did. He stayed with him because he believed in him. And now Tommy is one step from the NFL, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's on the doorstep. He's right on the doorstep, and I think all he needs is just to. He's in his. He's controlling his own fate. You know, you go to Bama, similar to go to Notre Dame, except Bama's just a little more used to getting there, and they're a little more organized on both sides of the football. And great and point, that's what organization can do so. Great point. You know, for Tommy, he's only. You know, say what you want. He's put himself in a good position. Man, you say that again. He's man, he made a great business decision. He made a great business decision. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Uh, as we get ready to leave, Left, what are your thoughts on uh, 
I know you you spoke to me about Cam Ward, who's in the portal. Uh, your favorite quarterback from Ohio State is in the portal. Uh, someone just said that Georgia quarterback Brock Vandegrift is in the portal. I mean, that Carson Beck is the starter for the next two years, so he had no choice but to hop in the portal. Um, yo, this is the this is the transfer portal as we know it. It'll never be the same. Yeah, for us, it's just who's the who's the best fit, who's the right guy for it. Um, it's still too early to tell. I think it's too early to be committed to a chance for a guy. We should take our time. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I think from a program standpoint, you got to have a foundation in that quarterback room. And to me, it's going to come through development. If not, then take a guy with multiple years. But the one-year transactions, I just don't – I think we're past that era or that window for our program, and Marcus Freeman should be past that because you need to have a staple guy that you can put your name on. Mm-hmm. From a development and recruitment standpoint, then this new age transfer thing, because right now it's really only worked for guys that have two years mm-hmm. and are 26 and up. So <laughs> if we don't have one of those – I think Sam would have been better next year, obviously, but it's, it's hard to do it with a one-year because you need to have a plan for it. And I think just shooting for one-year guys all the time doesn't help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Caleb Williams has already announced that he will not be playing in the bowl game. I mean... That was pretty easy. Dylan Gabriel, he hopped in the transfer portal uh, from Oklahoma. I mean, it's really crazy, bro. And you could tell how desperate. Uh, okay, uh, Chris Mitchell has been crystal balled to Notre Dame by Tom Lloyd. So we'll see. Uh, Evan Stewart just hopped. I told people, man, dude, this this Texas A&M game to start the season is not about to be as daunting as people think with the way things are going. Walter Nolan jumped in the portal. Uh, their number one player from the 22 class. That Texas A&M game is not as daunting as most people thought it would be. And Chris Mitchell last year, 64 receptions, 1,118 yards, seven touchdowns, 17 and a half yards per pop. Like, yeah, that's a pretty good one beat. If that's what you're calling him, left. I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Uh, yeah, this is crazy, man. This is crazy. So we're waiting for the news of Mike Brown as the next wide receiver coach at Notre Dame to become official official, which means Notre Dame will send out a release. When they do that, Keith Jenkins from the Cincinnati Inquirer is going to join us to give us more in-depth information about him. And I actually have a call into Will Pauling, wide receiver from Wisconsin, who was recruited and committed to Mike Brown at Cincinnati and then followed him to Wisconsin. 
who led the Badgers with 60 receptions this year during the regular season and more than likely will go over 70 in the bowl game against LSU. He's going to hit me back and give me his thoughts. There we go. We're staying on the up and up. We do it different over here. Hey, boy. Once I saw Will Pauling was the leading receiver, I'm like, oh, man. Let me have baby girl reach out to Will. That's right. You know, got to use your resources. That is right. All right, Les. Great show. We thank, man, thank you for everybody. You guys really showed up. That was lit today. Man, we appreciate you guys so much. You already know what time it is. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction Petty Story today brought to you by Nora Whiskey at NoraWhiskey.com, the premium American whiskey at NoraWhiskey.com. Uh, I'm going to put Notre Dame fans on the Petty Train. Okay. Because they always embarrassing these other fan bases when it comes to bowl time. Now. Mm. now, I'm not putting it on for a negative reason because, yo, like I said, the Notre Dame side is almost sold out at the Sun Bowl. But I feel awful for Oregon State fans because it's, it's – because Notre Dame fans, Oregon State fans, yeah, dude. Because Notre Dame fans might buy up the other half on the other side, and not even go. <laughs> we like that. We'll do that. I can see us doing that. You think they're gonna put them on the resale market, dude? Just put them on the resale. We just buy them up, resell them. You know, we 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 business minded. That's crazy, man. So I was just I was being petty, putting them on the petty train. Also left the people that recorded and made public the video of the gasp in the air. Um, That's called real journalism, right there, man, bro. Cause, cause why? Cause why? What's the side for, guys? What's <laughs> the side for? It's Michigan against everybody, right? Yeah, y'all, y'all are supposed to be ready to play everybody, y'all. Now y'all want to sign. So, you know, I just think it just comes to styles make fight, and they know that this style is not where they want to go. They don't want that smoke left. No, not this one. <laughs> they was hoping they'd catch somebody like that at the end. They was like, damn, we thought this was it. And last but not least, Pat McAfee. <laughs> is the pettiest dude of the weekend. Who? On the set of game day, Pat McAfee. Oh, yeah, with the the Georgia fans (laughs) riled up, singing their fight song, and then picked Alabama to win the game. That's right. Well played, my friend. Well played. Very funny, but mad petty. You got anybody for the petty train left? 
Oh, uh, no, I think the Pat McAfee one summed it up because I was going to go with that one. Ladies and gentlemen, if you think Notre Dame has transfer portal issues, it's an avalanche at Ohio State right about now. I think they're up to eight players in the portal right now. And when you get Travion Henderson coming out upset that Kyle McCord transferred, talking about what he went through that people would never know about this year to play for this team. Hey. Hey, the price to be an elite. Hey, man. It ain't for everybody. It ain't for everybody. We appreciate you guys. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, each and every day, audio edibles. We'll be back tomorrow where we'll dig in. We might have, depending upon when Notre Dame makes it official, Keith Jenkins from the Cincinnati Inquirer will join us. We'll get more information from players uh, to uh, corroborate some of the things we've heard already about Mike Brown as a coach. So enjoy the rest of your day. We appreciate you guys, man. Left, I'll holler at you, man. Make sure you spin it different.